show this morning with Mon and Blair Lawson and Blake are away. We're filling in for them and I'm going to hit you with another clue for the quiz. Who am I? Rachel and Leah are my daughters. See, this is a point where I've gotten it. <laughs> Rachel and Leah are my daughters. Who am I? You can give us a call or a text, 0491064669. Get at least one answer right before Friday, and you'll be in the grand prize draw for the double set of books, Thoughts of the Mount of Blessing by E.G. White, and A Thoughtful Hour, Tracing the Final Footsteps of Jesus by Jeremy, sorry, by Jerry D. Thomas. Really great book set. You know what? Mother's Day is coming up. So that would be a really great gift if you didn't already have something. So even if you already have those books for yourself, it's good to be playing for, you know. When's Mother's Day? Isn't it like in May? Yeah, April, May. So like we're coming like next month. Okay. Good to know. And we're like in the last week of April, aren't we? How fast has this year gone? A third of this year is already over, isn't it? Don't say that. <laughs> okay, I won't. Okay, we've got a lot of messages coming in. People are getting that answer right now. Same as me, y'all. Same as me. I wouldn't have gotten it until now. Um, so, yeah, good on you. So, brayden has got it right. Kayla's got it right. Um, Margie says, wow, I am learning more about my brain. You and me both, Margie. You and me both. Um let me just scroll back to the stuff. Oh, here we go. Bruce and Liz, you got it right. Janelle, you got it right. Well done. Um, got some messages from Sky. She says, uh, if people like TV hosts are let go, uh, reminds me that no job is safe. Nothing in this world is not threatened. We need to remember whom we work for and seeing people do deals with Satan shows us no one is safe in their job. We definitely remember who we work for. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. we do. Amen. And it's true. No one, I mean, yeah, no one's safe in their job. You never know what might happen. That's true. <laughs> Nothing is guaranteed. Oh, well, I guess we're sounding not too nervous. <laughs> I guess Blake and Lawson should be the ones being nervous. <laughs> okay, we're going to be getting into our study um, today. And um, what is our study on today? The Judgment. Ooh, ooh The Judgment. Yeah, that's right. Good yeah, fun. It's, a, it's an exciting series. Let's kick it off. Uh, in the Bible, where are we turning to first? So go to, let's go to Daniel chapter 7. So we're looking, the, the, the study series has been exploring the three angels' messages, right? And uh, actually, you know what, before you go to Daniel, go to Revelation 14, because that's where the three angels' messages are, right? Um, and I'll get you to read one verse to kick us off in Revelation chapter 14, verse 7. Revelation 14, verse 7 in the NLT says this, Fear God, he shouted, give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. That's right. So this is, that's the first angel's message. And of course, the three angels' messages, the introduction we find in verse 6, and it says, uh, the, um, I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people saying with a loud voice, and then we, we have what you've just shared with us. So we've got the, these three angels' messages that come flying through, and the Bible says they, have a, they come with a loud voice. They're calling out loudly. It's an urgent message. It's a last-day message. Um, immediately after this message, in verses 14 onwards, we see that the harvest of the earth is reaped. So Jesus' second coming takes place. So this is the message that goes out, that God custom-builds a message to go out to the world to prepare the world for the event of his second coming. And everything contained in these messages is designed to prepare people to be translated, to go to heaven. So a pretty important message, right? 
Uh, for us, living in these last days, these last moments of earth's history, uh, God has custom-built a message, and he's given it to us in the three angels. And that's, the, that's the, stu- the study of our material over this study series. But this particular, today we're focusing in on verse 7 there, where it says, uh, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. Or I think NLT, that your version there rendered it, um, he, he has the, he sat at his judgment or something. Mm, you want to read? He will sit as judge. The time has come when he will sit as judge. The time has come when he will sit as mm. judge. The time has come, and 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 KJV says that um, the hour of his judgment has come. So this idea that we're focusing in on today is this idea of God's judgment hour beginning. Now, when you think of the word judgment, what what words come to your mind, Mon? Guilty. <laughs> yeah, it's so often to think of like um, uh, a negative view, right? Right, yeah, it's a little bit scary sounding, <laughs> it's scary. consequences. Yeah, you're in trouble. Uh-huh. Um, mm. And, you know, a lot of people have the wrong idea about the judgment. They think of the judgment in very, um, uh, you know, those Egyptian hieroglyphs you see where there's like the scale and, oh, yes. and yeah. you've got mm-hmm. your good deeds on the <laughs> yep. one side of the scale, your bad deeds on the other side <laughs> yep. of the scale. And you've just got to do more good deeds than bad deeds so that you kind of like Scale outweigh. Out. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. This, is, this is the idea of the judgment that many people have. And, of course, the Bible reveals that that's absolutely not a correct view of the judgment. Mm-hmm. Rightly understood, the judgment is good news. Um, it's, it's good news for those who are being saved because it brings rightness and order back to the universe that has been suffering under the influence of sin and Satan's works. Um, and so... This is this is what we're going to be narrowing in on this idea of the judgment and um, the hour of his judgment. What does it mean that the hour of his judgment has come? When God says, when He sends a message out in the last days, and He says, um, "This is the message that's going to get you ready for My second coming," uh, and He says, um, "Just remember, as a part of this message, He says, just remember that the hour of His judgment has come. God's judgment hour has begun." And then there's the appeal there to worship him, worship the God who made heaven, earth, the sea, and springs of water. Um, so, yeah, a call to recognize or to think about the judgment uh, and think about it rightly, not um, in the right biblical sense, not in the sense of what we've just been discussing mm-hmm. or some of these baggage that we have with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's go to Daniel 7 because Daniel 7 will help us unpack this idea and look in more detail at the good, how the judgment is really good news. Um, it's a wonderful thing. So we're going to go to Daniel chapter 7. And, uh, of course, Revelation and Daniel go hand in hand. They're two great prophetic books um, that reveal the future and contain amazing prophecies in them. And uh, the book of Revelation, we've just, as we've just seen, announces that the hour of God's judgment has come in these last days. Uh, and the book of Daniel reveals when the judgment began. Uh, And so this is something, these parallel um, books are something that work together and help us to better understand this theme of the judgment. So in Daniel chapter 7, we're going to look here in, well, from verses 1 through to verses really, I guess, 8, we see a a vision that Daniel receives. Uh, And it says in Daniel chapter 7, verse 1, um, if you want to read for us there, verses 1 and 2, that would be great. Earlier during the first year of King Belshazzar's reign in Babylon, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream, and this is what he saw. 
In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great storm churning the surface of the great sea with strong winds blowing from every direction. That's right. And then it goes on in verses 3 onwards to describe uh, four beasts that come up out of this sea um, or representing peoples here. And so um, the four beasts come out, and these four beasts represent nations, kingdoms that come out in succession. And we see uh, we see these perse- these persecuting powers um, rise up, and uh, and then the next power rises up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, from the lion down to the. It's basically um, a timeline. That's right. That's yeah, and right. In the, and when it was written, it was a prophetic timeline because it hadn't happened yet, but now it has. So that's right. We're, the book of Daniel, of course, was written while um, Daniel around six hundred uh, BC in the, in the time of Daniel, living under the um, under the. The king of Babylon, the first year, it says there in verse 7, the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had this dream. So this is hundreds, hundreds of years before these events are taking place, and it spans 2,000 plus years of Earth's history, uh, which is quite remarkable. It just blows my mind that we can sit here now and read it and look back, whereas he would have written it and looked forward. It just, it just mind boggles me. Absolutely. So we won't go into the detail of specifically mm. unpacking this prophecy, yep. although it is amazing. But in essence, what we see with these four beasts coming up is that they each represent a kingdom. We see it starts with Babylon, the kingdom that Daniel's in. Then we have Medo-Persia rise up. We see Greece. Then we see Rome and the breakup of the Roman Empire and then the persecution of the church of God's people for 12,060 years. Um, and that is depicted in verse uh, Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. Um, and it says, He'll speak pompous words. He will persecute the saints of the Most High. And so this power persecutes the saints. And so when we're in need of a judgment, and uh, this is the scene where the judgment begins to break through, uh, and we see that right here. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. So in light of this, these, uh, these movements throughout history, these nations rising and falling, uh, and and all of these events that are prophesied in Daniel chapter 7, it's really amazing uh, that God then focuses Daniel's mind on a glorious event uh, that will set all things right. So these worldly powers, these persecuting powers, God's people, uh, we saw there in verse 25, will be persecuted, um, a terrible situation. And God says, yes, this is going to happen. He reveals this in his mercy and grace to prepare us for what's to come ahead. Uh, or from our perspective, as we look back, we see that he predicted it before it happened. It builds our faith, right? As we see all the things that he said would happen, as we see how they did happen, it builds our faith. Mm, absolutely. Um, uh, but but so we, we see this playing out, and then God draws our attention in verses 9 to a scene here of a judgment scene. And uh, and this is a, a scene where uh, where Daniel's attention is... is um, that God is trying to help him to see that God will set things right. Though they have, there'll be persecution and there'll be difficulties throughout history, God's not going to let that be the final say. And, and he actually uh, is, there's, there's going to be a judgment where all things will be set right. And so this is, in that sense, um, do you think Daniel would, would look forward to that judgment? Is that good news for Daniel? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And so we see, uh, we see here a classic example of, um, how God frames the judgment in Scripture. It's good news. It's, it's to set things right and to take away 
the oppression and the persecution and the things that are taking place that are not right here on this earth. You know, one of the questions I hear asked a lot as I study the Bible with people is, how could God, a good God, let bad things happen? Mm. Have you ever heard that one? Oh, absolutely, yeah. One of the first questions that will come up as you start to study the Bible with a new seeker or Bible study contact, uh, they'll try to reconcile in their mind how the God that they're reading in Scripture, who is so good, could allow bad things to happen. And in a very real sense, the judgment is an answer to that question. Um, there's a whole great controversy theme question that we can uh, we can unpack as well. That you know, not everything that happens in this world happens as a result of God's will. There's other moral free agents, Satan, doing things uh, that the responsibility for evil should rest on his shoulders, not God's. But aside from that, God does actually take very real action on these things in the judgment to set these things right. Um, and so, it's uh, one of the answers to that question is that. God is going to set things right. He will set things right. Things aren't right right now, but they will be set right in the judgment. Mm. So let's have a look here in verse 9, and I'd like you to read for us verses 9 and 10 of Daniel chapter 7. I watched as thrones were put in place, and the Ancient One sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow, his hair like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire, and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session and the books were opened. So what what are we seeing in these scenes? What's taking place here? It looks like they're just about to start like a court case. Almost. That's right. Yeah. 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 You see, you see a judgment scene. You see God's throne. Interesting little detail there. His, um, his throne on wheels <laughs> that's moved around, which mm-hmm. becomes um, significant as we uh, as we see Christ's ministry in the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary, how God's throne moves between the compartments of the heavenly sanctuary. Um, but, yeah, we see a judgment scene taking place. The court was seated, the books were opened, and God begins, uh, or we see Daniel is taken from this vision of seeing all of this persecution and these difficult nations, he's, he's, there's like a little brackets in his vision, and he's taken to look at this judgment scene. Um, and God's really encouraging Daniel here to say, hey, yeah, there's going to be some tough things taking place. Um, there'll be nations that oppose God. Um, there'll be even Christian powers that come in the name of God that persecute God's people. But fear not, because I see it all. And there's a judgment coming where all things will be set right. Uh, the court will be seated, the books will be opened, and all things will be made right. Um, and so this is the scene we see. Uh, and then it goes on uh, in verses 13 and 14. Do you want to read that for us as well? As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient One and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. Wow. So we see here the final result of the judgment. And um, and what what, what do we learn here about... um, about the result of the judgment in these texts. Well, the good guy wins. That's Praise right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. That's right. It says, um, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven, he came uh, and dominion was given, glory and a kingdom was given to the Son of Man, and all people's nations, languages would serve him, and his dominion 
is an everlasting dominion. It doesn't pass away, um, and his kingdom is not destroyed. So this is quite a contrast to all of the kingdoms we've seen in Daniel chapter 7 that comes before it, right? Um, each of these previous kingdoms, uh, for example, the lion in verse three, uh, verse 4 there comes up, uh, but then after it, a bear, a, a bear comes up. And so all of these other earthly kingdoms, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, um, and uh, all of these powers do have an end. They come to an end. Their, do- their dominion is just for a time and a season. Uh, but this is contrasted with God's kingdom that does not pass away, is an everlasting dominion, and continues on throughout all of eternity. And so this is really, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, yeah. This is this is really paralleling what we see in Daniel chapter two as well, where um, where in Daniel chapter two you have instead of beasts you have metals in the statue representing mm-hmm. these nations, and they all you know the head of gold, chest of silver, bronze of th- um, thigh, thighs of bronze, um, legs of iron, feet of iron and clay. This is all in Daniel chapter two, and then the last element of the the vision or the dream in Daniel chapter two is a big rock that the Bible describes as cut out of a mountain, not by human hands. Mm. And so this is the, the parallel there between these, these kingdoms. Uh, the, the last kingdom, the rock, representing God's kingdom, that comes and blasts the statue to pieces and then builds a, a great big mountain around the world, that kingdom is not a human kingdom. It doesn't come to an end. Its, it's reign is forevermore. And, and through that kingdom, we have access to eternal life as we become a part of God's kingdom as we choose to be citizens of his kingdom um, then we have access to that everlasting dominion I think that's really reassuring that the kingdom will not end like just like especially right now in earth's history when we're just facing so many wars we're like it's basically kingdom against kingdom and you know every time the kingdom ends it's such a tumultuous time in earth's history for humanity and so it's really nice to know there's a kingdom that won't end that it's not going to have a war or be overthrown or have a genocide or it's it's really nice to know that absolutely and it gives us confidence as well that if we're going to put our um allegiance right, yeah. and loyalty mm-hmm. to some place mm-hmm. um we want to be choosing the winning team. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The everlasting uh-huh. kingdom, right? Um, we don't want to be choosing any of these earthly alternatives that just pass away, right. that are here for a season. Uh, we want to put our citizenship with the heavenly kingdom. And, of course, we're all citizens of, of various nations in the world, um, but this isn't, shouldn't be where, as a Christians, we take our ultimate allegiance or loyalty to. Um, we can be happy about where we live, even patriotic um, mm-hmm. to a degree, uh, as to the extent that it doesn't um, consume us or become our uh, primary driver, right, our primary loyalty. Our primary loyalty should should rest in this everlasting kingdom. And I want to just finish it off in verses 26 and 27. Do you want to read those for us? But within, <clears throat> excuse me. But then the court will pass judgment and all his power will be taken away and completely destroyed. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be given to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will last forever, and all rulers will serve and obey him. And then the, the chapter finishes. This is the end of the account. And for me, Daniel, my thoughts were troubled, and my countenance changed. I kept the matter in my heart. And so we see here that, that God gives Daniel a little vignette of this judgment scene to encourage him and to let him know that that his kingdom, the eternal kingdom, will last forever. 
and that God will set things right and that the judgment is part of God's process of setting those things right, that the judgment is good news and is the answer to the problems that Daniel's seeing that is bringing him um, discomfort, um, that is unsettling him. This is God's attempt. He uses the judgment to encourage him and help him to have a better picture of the future ahead. Interesting thing. Amen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It's our last clue for today's quiz, our Who Am I quiz. It goes like this. My name begins with an L. Oh, that's okay. We're narrowing it down. And Jacob worked for me for 20 years. It's a double double clue. Oh, double. Yeah. So Jacob worked for this person for 20 years and the name begins with the letter L. That's getting real easy. So we're getting, are we getting a flood of texts coming in right now? <laughs> Most or? people have, have gotten it oh, right they got it so the last far. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. the last one really gave it away. Nice. Diana, you got it right. Yep. <clears throat> She's the last person to <clears throat> excuse me message in, and she has it correct. Um, but, yeah, I'll give you away the answer next. Um, we had a little message come in from Braden. He says, I agree that we should be putting our citizenship in heaven, so in the meantime I will put my citizenship in the country that is oh, Braden, that is closest to the new earth. New Zealand. New Zealand. Oh, wow. That, look, that's debatable. I'm a citizen of two countries. Oh, where? America. Amen. Oh, God are bless you? America. That's right. Yes. And Australia. How'd you get that? Uh, my mum. Oh. My mum, yeah. She's American. So, yeah. So, I like to, I like to, you know, America's the greatest nation in the world, mm-hmm. they say. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> I say sometimes too. So, you know, there's, that's debatable there about the New Zealand thing. Um Easily debatable. Easily. I mean, even, you know, the arrival between Australia and New Zealand, uh-huh. you know, Australia. If, if, if New Zealand's so good, why do they all move over here? I, I, do you know what? <laughs> Riddle me that one. <laughs> but I will say New Zealand is amazing with Beautiful, the scenery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so much postcard. nice hiking. Yeah. So, look. Yes. Sure. Look. Okay. <laughs> all right. But at the end of the day, we, we're all, we can all unite on our eternal uh, our citizenship Amen. in heaven, yeah. Amen. Uh, which will be far better than any of these earthly kingdoms. That's right. And far more beautiful. Well, that's right. So, so we see this judgment scene, and uh, yeah, I, I wonder whether um, whether even just seeing this little passage has helped maybe some of our listeners to have um, a better, maybe a reframe of what they view about the judgment, um, because certainly what we've just seen in Daniel chapter seven is that the judgment is good news, and God's using it to in- try to encourage Daniel and. Um, you know, if I'm trying to choose a subject to encourage someone, um, would I immediately straight away go to the judgment? Uh, well, that's what God did. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so that's, you know, so there's something that in that that God wants us to learn. Um, I almost feel like the judgment <clears throat> can be taken two ways depending on where you're standing. Like if you've placed your trust in God, that's right. it's good news. If you haven't, maybe not so good news. That's right. I heard it said once um, and I, I like the way this is framed. It says, um, in the final analysis, the final judgment, there'll only be two groups of people. Two groups. Mm-hmm. Those to who, those to whom God... Oh, sorry. I almost stuffed it up. Ooh, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> <Caught yourself. laughs> that, was, that was stressful. Um, those who say to God... No, those who say to God, let your will be done. And those to whom God says, let your will be done. Oh, okay, yeah. You yeah, see that? Uh-huh, yeah. So there's a, there's a group that say, let your will be done. I'm going to follow your will, God. I'm going to yes. submit to you and to your kingdom and your rulership. Mm-hmm. And then the other group is the group that God says, 
Let your will be done. And that ends in destruction. That's right. Yeah. That's right. God, God honors freedom of choice so much mm. that he will allow them to choose a life of rebellion and a life of um, turning away from God. It's not God's will or wish that they should perish, but he honors their freedom of choice so much that he lets their will be done. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's quite quite the concept. And, of course, it's built on that passage in um, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, where it says, um, God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Amen. Um, it, that's God's will. That's his desire. Um, but we know, of course, that not everyone will come to repentance. Not everyone um, will be in heaven because, uh, because God honors people's freedom of choice. And this, perhaps, is the only scary thing about the judgment that God honors our freedom of choice so much that he lets us choose against him. That probably is the only scary thing about the judgment. But it doesn't need to be scary because if we use our freedom of choice to to be loyal to God um, rather than the things of this world, then we'll find ourselves a member and a citizen of his kingdom and reigning throughout eternity with him. Uh, and so that, of course, is the pe- the appeal of of the of the judgment scene. But let's go back to Revelation chapter fourteen um, and look at this little text here in the first angel's message, um, because uh, as we as we f- kind of finish up our thoughts here on the judgment, it says, "Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come." And so uh, h- here, there's a specific mention or reference to when God's judgment began. And as students of Bible prophecy, we understand that the hour of God's judgment actually began in 1844, October 22, 1844, at the fulfillment of the 2,300-day prophecy in Daniel 8.14. And so in Daniel chapter 8, verse 14, it says, Unto 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. And there's this amazing prophecy in Daniel chapter 8 that outlines um, the fulfillment of which... Ended in October 22, 1844, and at this time the cleansing of the sanctuary was to take place. Um, of course, in the earthly sanctuary, there was an annual cleansing of the sanctuary which took place annually on the Day of Atonement, or the Yom Kippur, it was called. And this annual cleansing of the sanctuary was when the judgment took place, the sins that were put into the sanctuary were cleansed. And so this reference here is to um, an anti-typical Day of Atonement, or a... Uh, the date that the pre-Advent judgment would begin. Uh, We read in the Bible that when Jesus comes back, and you can read this in Revelation chapter 22, uh, when Jesus comes back, he says, I come with my rewards. And so when Jesus comes back at the second coming, uh, there's not a judgment scene that takes place right then and there. He actually, the the righteous are raised. The Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and... um, the, those who are alive and remain, who have been loyal to him, caught up into the air, and they go to spend a millennium in heaven. And so when Jesus comes back, every de- decision for eternity has already been made. Where have those decisions been made? Well, they've been made in this pre-advent judgment where God opens the books and he allows all of heaven to see the decisions that have been made. So when the second coming takes place, all of those decisions, um, that people either perish and stay in their graves or they go to heaven to spend a millennium with him and so when this this process of this pre-advent judgment has been taking place since october 22 1844 at the fulfillment of the 2300 day prophecy and so when when it says here in the first angel's message fear god and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come it's a reference to that 
time. All throughout Scripture, the, the Bible writers are saying, when will you judge the Lord? Uh, when will you judge, O Lord, in Revelation chapter 6 and, and other places? When will you judge? And the first angel's message here is a response to that, and it says, the judgment has begun, 1844, God's pre-advent judgment to, began to take place. He's getting ready to come back, and he wants to take as many people with him as possible, and he'll honor each of our freedom of choice in doing that. Um, and so this is the this is what we see here. It's it's quite an amazing thing. We're in we're living in the judgment hour right now, where Jesus is about to come back and um, he's preparing to take as many who will come with him. Uh, and in that context, we're called to fear God and we're called to worship Him as Creator, uh, who made the heaven, the earth, and the sea and the springs of water. So quite a quite a um, Quite a, a lot in that Bible study, in that one little text, the hour of his judgment has come. We could do like four series of Bible studies <laughs> could, yeah. on that one text. Um, but but certainly, I think in summarizing our topic or our study today, I would say that rightly understood, the judgment is good news. Amen. And God is intending to bring as many people as will allow him to come to heaven with him. We're living in the final moments of earth's history while Jesus right now is conducting that pre-advent judgment, and he wants to take as many of us with him as he can. Amen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. I wish I knew how to play the banjo. <laughs> Do you play any instruments today? I play guitar oh. and sing and dabble on the piano. I feel like if you know how to play guitar, you know how to play banjo, right? Yeah, it's similar, but not the same. Okay, so yeah, tomorrow... Like, <clears throat> you can oh. tune it similarly and, and get away with some stuff, but they're quite different. I'm expecting yeah. you tomorrow to now bring a puppy and a banjo. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, I'm going to give away the answer to our quiz this morning. Congratulations. I pretty, much, pretty much everyone who gave had a crack at it got it right. Well, that's good. Yeah, so Freco got in the last minute there and got it correct as well. Good on you, Freco. So it was a Who Am I quiz, and the answer, of course, was Laban. So Laban was a person who has who said, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. He also said, may the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. Who, who did he say that to? I don't know. I'm pretty sure I know who it is. It's in the back of my mind. Uh, his sister... Re- I mean, it could have been... Could have been Jacob, but... Yeah, I feel like it might have been. I mean, he did send him away. That's right. But, I mean, it could was have it been... Was it in that scene? I'd have to see the text. Yeah. Um, it was Laban's sister, Rebecca who told Jacob to flee to uh, Laban's house in Haran so Esau wouldn't kill him. Leah and Rachel were his daughters. His name obviously begins with L, and Jacob worked for him for 20 years. He was an interesting fellow. He was. Yeah, you know, you know. of course, when Jacob went across to him, having been doing that little deceiving mm-hmm. birthright trick with Esau, yeah. which is why Esau was so upset at him, right? Yeah. Um, he got a bit of his own treatment when Laban gave him the switcheroonie with Leah and Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Rachel, uh, Rachel sorry, yeah. not the mum. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he saw Rachel, wanted to work seven years for her. And I love actually the text in, in Genesis where it says he worked seven years for her and they seemed like just a few moments to him because his love for her was so strong. Yeah, wow. How nice is that? That, that is really sweet. Seven yeah. years would seem like a lot. But then he got the switcheroonie and it ended up mm-hmm. being 14 years because he got Leah first because Laban went down the whole line of, you know, it's not our custom to give the younger daughter first. Mm-hmm. He gave him Leah mm-hmm. and then Rachel. Turned out to be not a good idea to have two wives. Definitely not. Um, Never but, a good idea. Yeah. Um, but interesting fellow nonetheless. Yeah. And he had quite a bit to do with, I suppose, the the kingdom of God set up and uh, the kingdom of Israel with his grandsons being the 12 
mm-hmm. tribes of Israel. So yeah, true. Interesting fellow. True. Do you know, it's surprising you can be a bit of a scoundrel and the Lord will still use you. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Laban was the answer. And good on everyone who got that right. And congratulations uh, if you are in with a chance to win uh, Friday's prize jaw for the double set of books, Thoughts on the Man of Blessing and A Thoughtful Hour. Uh, the first one by E.G.Y. and the second by Jerry D. Thomas. Just another couple of last uh, little text messages that have come in um, from uh, another one from Braden who said, "Don't you know Australia is just the West Island? That was part of our plan to migrate." Oh, I see. More shtick. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, well, I don't know. New Zealand is of the. I've been to forty-three countries, and out of those forty-three, New Zealand is in the top. Three of the most beautiful countries I have seen. Yeah. So Braden is definitely something onto there, but he does have to contend with Switzerland and Croatia, both of which have astro- like just unbelievably better food than New Zealand. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What's the food like? Well, Croatia is right next door to it- Italy, so it's oh, very yeah. Italian. So yeah. the best pasta I ever ate in my life was in Croatia. Yeah. Wow. And uh, Switzerland, of course, best chocolate. Yeah, um, just by the way, speaking of chocolate, did you see on the news this morning that in the US, since they've legalized um, the the sale of marijuana, um, just this uh, last couple of days, the the stats have come out that the sale of marijuana has now exceeded the sale of chocolate. Oh. Yep, so 20 billion uh, in chocolate sales and now 30 billion in marijuana sales. Man, that's crazy. just popped into my head as soon as I said the word chocolate. Isn't that insane? That's a worry. I feel like... like the country's just going to go down the toilet if you start legalizing yeah, drugs like that. Yeah, it can't be good. Yeah, having drugs in your system. That more, yeah. more purchasing, more. Wow. Okay. Yeah, like ten billion more. That's a huge margin. And you have to think about it. There's probably like a lot less people using it than there are people eating chocolate. But you'd want to hope so anyway. I feel like little kids and stuff are probably buying chocolate. They're at like a, a huge market, but they're not going to be hopefully not buying marijuana. No. So it's a smaller uh, shopping, sh- smaller amount of shoppers wow. who must just be making, using, spending so much more. Anyway, little side note there about chocolate marijuana. Hey, uh, we're going to be uh, coming back after this song with my favorite part of the show, where we give away something totally for free. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Breakfast Show, this morning with Mon and Blair. Uh, it'll be us again tomorrow, won't it? It will. Yeah, yeah, with a puppy and a banjo. <laughs> and then later on in the week, uh, Lawson will be back on air. Hey, it's time for a giveaway this morning. We are giving away a book that touched on, um, that uh, we spoke a little bit about 1844 and, uh, and the judgment there. And this book touches on that. It's called 1844 Made Simple by Clifford Goldstein. Uh, so this is all about that prophecy uh, that started in the year 1844. Um, uh, it, it, it's a confusing maze of like beasts and dates and kingdoms and Daniel. And so this book, if you, if you were interested while you were listening to our, our Bible study this morning, if you were interested in knowing more about that, this book is definitely for you. So it's um, designed to be one of the most important, uh, a really important book for you as a Christian um, who is awaiting the imminent return of Christ. And uh, if you've ever wondered whether you could ever get it all straightened out, look no further. Uh, this is this book is the key to solving 1844's maze and becoming grounded in present truth. So 1844, made simple by Clifford Goldstein. It's a classic. What do they have to Absolute do to get this? Absolute classic. 
I think that's going to be the first person to call through, right? Cool. All you have to do is call 0491 Do you know what? It is worthwhile saving that no number in your phone. Uh, 0491 You've got to get that call in before 9 o'clock. Before 9 o'clock, quick jump on it, hop on it. Uh, give us a call. We will give it to you completely for free. Don't even have to answer any quiz questions for that Simplest one. way to get it. Amazing so classic easy. of a book. Very good. I've read it before. It makes it so simple. Just like the title says. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.